Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Hello, gentlemen. And welcome in to uh, sort of an emergency, impromptu, purple after dark, presented by Surly Brewing Company. A uh, couple Vikings breaking news items. So we figure, let's crack a couple Surleys. Go ahead, Judd, Dex, there you go. Do it together. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, mm. Nice. And uh, let's discuss the Harrison Smith contract <laughs> extension that came down today. Wow, that's a lot of money. And uh, Irv Smith Jr. with a meniscus injury that could either knock him out for a few weeks to start the season or for the season. Um, a shout-out to TCL. Those of you that watch Purple Daily on a TCL TV on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, you're watching on one of the world's best-selling consumer electronic brands, TVs. A new lineup of award-winning TVs you guys can check out. They deliver the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL so welcome in. It's purple after dark, even though it isn't really dark yet. We're sort of cheating by starting early. Uh, Judd, your thoughts on a four-year, $64 million contract extension for Harry the Hitman with about $26 million in guarantees. So, Phil, I think we sort of called this in talking about it last week. Um, and what I had heard was that Harrison Smith's camp, wanted a payday that was going to be equivalent to what Jamal Adams of Seattle had just gotten, which, by the way, was a just flat surface deal. Four years, $70 million. And Jamal Adams is 25. Harrison Smith is, is 32 years old. And we talked about this extensively and said, okay, seven years difference is a big deal. And the question was, at 32, how long did the Vikings want to go on a potential extension? Uh, Harrison Smith is still very productive. Safety is a position that you can play pretty late into your career. It's not like corner where if you decline, it might be done quickly. So safeties can play for quite some time. 
but this one intrigues me. <laughs> this one intrigues me. So it's a four. So it's a four year, sixty four, sixty four million dollar extension that's now going to turn out. If you couple what he was going to make in two thousand twenty one already, a five year, seventy four point eight three million dollar deal, taking him um, basically into his age thirty seven season. He's also going to get $22.5 million in the next eight months, which according to what Ian Rappaport had is the highest in NFL history over that time period for a safety. Um, I wonder if this is sort of done on the fact that the Vikings also, during the course of camp, got a really long look at their backup safeties and said, you know, we really don't have a guy that can replace him. But here's my question. And and Rob Brzezinski, the Vikings cap guy, is fantastic at what Rob Brzezinski does. Right, and look so at this guess, executive producer move right oh, now. This just is, bringing up the contract yes. on the screen. Look at Declan, that. And, dude, and the contract. Right now. And the contract is also all done. Look at that. It's also all done. It's already there. Yeah, Declan actually created that spreadsheet in the last oh, you know 30 what? seconds from yeah. scratch. Actually, you know happened. what? In fairness. Oh, okay. No, this is his current contract. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, the key, the key thing to look at here is 2021. Zero guaranteed money left the last three years. So now, so, yeah. There's so that is, so it's kind of deceiving guaranteed. when Rappaport says, "Oh, it's the most guaranteed money." Well, they're guaranteeing like ten million for this year. Yes. So um, that's that's like half of it. But yeah. here's where here's where I'm curious. So Rob Brzezinski, the Vikings cap guy, is fantastic at what he does. But the two guys that we have talked about who are who were vying, I guess, for the hey, right before the season, the Vikings always give somebody a contract extension. Were Harrison Smith and Brian O'Neill, who is in the last year of a four-year rookie contract and who needs to be signed. So I guess my question off of this is, is O'Neill trying to get too much? Is he just going to be next up? That's the next contract that has me intrigued. And I got to admit, not sure about you guys, I'm a little bit surprised that this didn't end up being like a three-year. And I know it's four Mm -hmm. turned into five. Um but I mean, this is a lot. This is a lot to pay a guy uh, who is not exactly a young man. Yeah, I think I think you have to figure out here: Are they paying for his career to this point? Are they, or are they paying for his production starting at age thirty-three? And I will say, obviously, it's risky whenever you pay a thirty-two-year-old top dollar at his position, pretty much in any sport, right? Like thirty-two is. But I will say, of all the sports and all the positions. Safety in the NFL, I would say quarterback in the NFL too. Like there are certain positions that age more gracefully than others, where speed isn't as much of a requirement. And I think he he is so great at a position that ages gracefully. It's a less risky move to pay him than it would be to pay somebody else at a different position at 32 years old. So I actually I love it. I mean the other the other direction I'll go with this is I just think. When you look at your 53-man roster and how to allocate salary cap money and you're, you're constantly juggling all these plates, you're Rob Brzezinski, Rick Spielman, start with your great players. All right? Who are your great players? Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, eventually Justin Jefferson's going to be up for a contract extension. Start with them. Delvin Cook, I mean, I don't know that I would have paid a running back, but they, but they determined that he's one of the great players. He's one of the five or six best players on the team just pay him and sleep better at night, right? And that's I think that's what this is. Harrison Smith has been a team leader um, on the field. He has been one of the best players in the NFL on defense. And so it might be an overpay. They're, it sounds like they're not guaranteeing money much beyond age 34 here. 
Mm-hmm. He's 32 this year, and the, it looks like the guarantees are going to be like age 33, 34. Um, Ed Reed was still really good when he was 34. Charles Woodson, who we just saw get inducted into the Hall of Fame a couple yeah. weeks ago, he was still really good at like age 39. So I don't think it's that risky. It's more money than I thought he was going to get, um, and they'll just have to figure out the rest of the salary cap picture uh, now that they've got his piece slotted in. So I'm good with it. I'm also curious if this uh, in some ways uh, says anything about Mike Zimmer's job security Uh, because, I mean, this is definitely a move that he is going to applaud. This is a core defensive guy uh, for Mike, and, you know, Smith was drafted, I believe, in 2012 when – Rick Spielman made one of his best draft moves in trading back into the first round late in that first round to uh, with Baltimore to take Smith. Um, Smith has been a guy, though, that is absolutely one of the most important players, both from what he brings from a physical standpoint, but also schematically. Like, he's the guy that he, he and Anthony Barr are probably like the two most behind-the-scenes stuff we don't know and see as far as uh, moving parts around. And so I wonder if this speaks far a little bit more about Mike's job security. Like we all think, well, if they have a bad year, he's gone. And look, if it's a terrible year, he probably is gone. Uh, but this might also be a, a move that gives us at least a tip to the fact that ownership and the Vikings as a whole have more faith in the fact that Mike's plan is going to continue to work for a few years than we might have thought initially going into 2021. Yeah, and I know people are shouting at us in the YouTube comment sections. What about the what about Irv Smith news? We'll de- we'll get to that. We'll definitely get to that because uh, he the, it, he could be actually be out for the season just depending on how bad this thing is. But Dex, your thoughts on uh, on Harrison Smith, age 32, getting a ton of money here? Yeah, it's it's a big deal. Um, I I like Harrison Smith. He's He's probably the best Viking, one of the best Viking safeties all time, not named Paul Krause. Uh, I think he does get in the Vikings ring of honor. Maybe a more borderline Hall of Fame player price to do a little bit more for that. But if if you're front-loading all this money in the first few years of this contract, I'm okay with it. I know it's 20, what, 25, 26 is only guaranteed of this. So I bet I would assume that the most of this money is going to come in 2022, 2023. And then at that point when he's 35, and safeties who, like Phil said, do they do age gracefully? And I do see someone like Harris Smith playing at a decent level into his 30s. If you get to 2024, 20, three years from now, and you need to cut him, you cut him. Uh, but he did deserve a payday. I am shocked it was four or five years. I just thought they were going to give him the give him a short term two year deal, give him a bunch of money in that two years, and just say, hey, here you go. But then, you know, when you're 35, it is it is time to reevaluate things. But he got a big payday. I'm okay with it. I don't think it hurts the Vikings necessarily. He deserves this money. Um, but I, I was shocked at the length of the contract. He was probably thinking too, like, why would I take a one or a two year extension when I don't even know if you guys are going to be contenders, if you guys Vikings, as he's negotiating, right? Mm-hmm. So he's probably saying, I'm not going to do a one or a two year deal. I'd rather just hit free agency and see what my market value is. Now, if you guys want to give me a four year deal and really make it worth my while, then I would love to retire as a Viking. And so. Um, I did see uh, Jason from Over the Cap was essentially just saying the way the Vikings have operated the last couple of years with some of the contracts they've doled out and the way that they've gone about business. To him, salary cap expert guy, it feels like they're in denial that their window might be less open than That's they think. Yep. Um, That's an intriguing one. We can do a dive on that this week. But I think, again, that's another example of 
the Vikings fans and most media have a higher opinion of what this team can do than the national perception and the Vegas perception. So we'll see who's right in about four or five months from now. Usually Vegas is closer to right, yeah. but um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, and I think the thing, too, is this is how the Vikings operate, in part because their strategy is Rob will make it work. Rob will fix it. Rob, I mean, the sour cap's not fake, but Rob will find a, a way. And I keep coming back to that's all well and good to say, and Brzezinski is fantastic at what he does. But that being said, at some point in time, it bites you. And and the question is when and and how. Now, my guess is that, and I haven't seen the particulars on this, my guess is that some of the room that has been available in recent weeks where we thought that they might make a trade or acquire a player is going to be eaten up uh, a little bit by this contract as well. And that's why you create that room. But yeah, there's definitely a different feel, I think, from the, the national perspective about this team and the local perspective. I will say this as we transition to the Irv Smith thing. Um, there are definitely now more obstacles than I expected going in to oh my this God. year. Like yes. there are more. Uh, and, and here's the thing, too, um, on back on Smith for a second. We got to be a little bit careful here as well, because. Uh, keep in mind, he is one of the unvaxxed players. Um, and like we've all been, and I think rightfully so, because he's been awkward about it, hard on Kirk. Uh, but, you know, I thought that there might be a, hey, Harrison, we're not going to extend you like you want if you're not vaxxed, because we've been hard on Kirk. Mike has been hard, as far as I can tell, on everybody who's not vaxxed. And so until now, um, I've been curious about, are they going to sign him or are they going to hold this against him? They clearly didn't. And so now if you're the team, can you can you really come down on Kirk as well and be like, well, Kirk, you should get vaxxed. But Harrison Smith, it's fine. I Probably not. Yeah. I mean, well, quarterbacks and Kirk Cousins, I'm not saying that Harrison Smith is better at his position than Kirk Cousins is. But Kirk yeah. Cousins has a greater influence on wins and losses mm-hmm. in any individual game than Harrison Smith does. Mm-hmm. So I think the reason why there was more chatter about the risk of Cousins missing games than yep. some of the other players, because I, I mean, I heard a talk show host in the Twin Cities broach the argument, why are people being hard on Kirk and not Nate Stanley or Kellen Mond? Why do you think? Because he's the highest paid and most, uh, uh, the highest usage player on the team. Like, of yep. course, that player is going to be under a greater microscope than backup players and of course if that player has to miss time it's going to be a bigger deal than the backup players that would never step foot on the field anyway so um yeah i hear what you're saying on harrison smith and i think our microscope is fine i'm saying internally i think you might have to drop it and be like okay like we we gave you a contract and we love you and we can't really be selective now internally and be like we hate you and you're not vaxxed. We love you and you're not vaxxed. So I'm saying just from an internal standpoint, I think our conversations continue as is. Their conversations, I'm curious about. And look, you know what? The least surprising thing here is Zim got, this year at least, a defensive guy that he absolutely loves and should love locked up long term. Yeah. Uh, so if you're just jumping in here, thanks for hanging out with us. This is Purple Daily presented by Surly Brewing Company. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Declan Goff, this is a Purple After Dark edition where we uh, sip on some adult beverages, generally powered by Surly. 
And uh, we talk Vikings with you guys. We pop your comments on the screen. We'll take some questions at some point here uh, before the episode's over. We're going to get to the Irv Smith news in a second, but a shout-out to PXG. So I've got my PXG hat on here, my PXG swag. Mm -hmm. So PXG is a golfer's paradise. You go to PXG Minneapolis and Southdale Center, it is a blast. They've got some of the best clubs on the market. Um, So if you're looking to improve your game, there's still plenty of golf season. I know that usually it's like, oh, the State Fair comes around and – that's the end of summer. It's Gorgeous. not the end of golf season. Oh. Golf season in the fall is the best golf season. So uh, check them out, PXG Minneapolis and Southdale Center, and find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. And Judd, uh, if you could tell the audience what you're sipping on here, oh. I think that would be helpful to all of us as well. Dex, you can raise yeah, yours yeah. too because I am yeah, sipping yeah. right now on right a next Surly Furious IPA. And can, so you guys, can you guys cheers there on the screen? Yeah, ready, ready. Of course we can. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Ready, ready. set? Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's surly in 3D, you guys. Ooh, you want a surly? <laughs> I just got done uh, hosting a twin suite with our pals, um, uh, uh, Stu and Dave from Surly. Enjoyed. Uh, had to go downstairs to get it, but enjoyed one there. You know, here's the thing. And the Vikings said this today themselves in their dealings with Harrison Smith. They said, Harrison, you do enough settling in life. So why don't you uh, sign this contract and crack open a Surly Furious and enjoy the IPA that revolutionized <laughs> Minnesota craft beer. Don't laugh, Rick, and don't settle. Get Surly. You like that? You like that? Yes, yes, we Kirk, do. we do. We do. We do like that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, um, Irv Smith has looked great in training camp, and he looked great in the last preseason game as well. Just uh, yards after the catch, he, he's – He's just primed for a breakout season if they if they were to wind up committing to him and getting the ball. And by the way, um, Conklin's been out with a hamstring too, so they've been shorthanded at that for position while. for correct for weeks here. Well, um, Tom Pelissero had the initial report, NFL Network, and uh, friend of us. So he said Irv Smith Jr. is expected to undergo surgery for a meniscus injury that will sideline him for at least the start of the regular season. Exact timetable to be determined. Um, he seemed poised for a breakout season. Mario Pilato, PFF Mario, who's an injury analyst for Pro Football Focus, added this insight. Two potential outcomes here for Irv Smith Jr. If the surgery is a meniscectomy, that's not what Judd thinks it is. That's not where you have to stay home for three days with like a bag of peas. Yeah, I was okay? going to say, who's got the bag of peas? This is a meniscectomy. Can I sit on a bag of peas? <laughs> if it's that surgery, then he'll be out for two to four weeks. Yep. If the surgery is a meniscus repair surgery, then he'll be out for the season, likely Ooh. six to eight months. Yep. And I believe, I think Adrian Peterson had yeah, something, a decision like this to make at one point. Mm, yeah, that's um, the year that he, in fact, was that, Dex, was that 2016, 16? right? Like he got hurt in week Opening one, day. missed, I think you know, played... nine, 12 games, came back. Yep. Late in the year. Correct. Yeah. So if it's, again, I am not a doctor, nor did I stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. um, Uh, But but I think, isn't there a risk if you go with the, I mean, because right now you look at these two options, you're like, oh, why would you not just go with the the option that gets you back in two to four weeks? Yes. Because that option can shorten your career on the back end and create problems with your knee or arthritis or different. Yep. Correct. So, so long term. This is where you're. I mean, this is this is the crossroads the Vikings are at. Like everything is win now, everything. The coach is on the hot seat. The quarterback's contract. Yep. Everything is win now. Irv Smith is a young dude still. I mean, he's only been in the league for a couple of years. 
So the prudent long-term move is to say, all right, this sucks, but we think you can still be a really good player for us for like five, six, seven years. Just just get it taken care of the hard way and be out six to eight months and miss the season, right? Like that's the prudent long-term thing to do, I think. Uh, but if you're looking to win as many games as possible this year, Irv Smith would be a really helpful weapon to have on offense. So this will be an interesting decision. He's got to do what's best for him long-term because, yeah, to go back to that Peterson thing, that whole thing was, well, he can come back pretty quickly, but if he does, there's risks involved. And if he doesn't, it's going to fix it, but he's going to be out for an extended period of time. So yeah, if you're, if you're the Irv Smith camp, you have to do what's best for you, not the team. That being said, this is an enormous blow. This is a huge – I told you guys from the start of training camp, if there was anybody that Kirk Cousins had rhythm with from day one of camp, it was this guy. Not Thielen. It was sort of weird there. Uh, Jefferson was fine before he got hurt, but not like this. Herb Smith, and and we saw this in a fairly small sample size on Friday at Kansas City, Herb Smith looked that good early in camp. Like everything was clicking in an offense that clearly likes to use a tight end as a receiver. Rudolph was gone, and so there was going to be no question about, well, why, why is Kyle not playing? Kyle should play. Yeah. Um, Irv Smith was going to – was potentially sitting on a huge season, and this is, um, if not devastating, a huge deal. Yeah. Because oh, now yeah. – now you and, and if Tyler Conklin comes back soon here, Conklin. I like him, and he can definitely uh, – Gronklin can definitely block, but you guys – Irv Smith is special. Like he is an yeah. to me, to me, he he was bordering on upper echelon receiving. So I'm not talking about blocking. Upper echelon receiving tight end. And now he's just gone. And so the question now becomes: okay, I personally think that you need to trade for a backup quarterback. I personally think that you need to be looking long and hard at trading for instead of waiting for the waiver wire. A linebacker who, by the way, might have to replace Barr to start the season. And now you have to look at trading for a tight end. Does Zach Ertz do anything for I, you guys? I was just going to bring that up. I, I feel like I've had like 10 people have tweeted me Zach Ertz since this news came down. He's available. So, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia's in a weird spot. They just traded, well, this blends two things together. They just traded, what, a sixth round pick that could be a fifth if. Gardner Minshew plays enough snaps in a few games. Yes. They basically gave up nothing for Gardner Minshew, a borderline starting, maybe not even borderline. He's probably one of the 25 best quarterbacks in the NFL, right? And and I don't know if they're going to start him over Jalen Hurts or what's going to happen, but you can make a case the Vikings should have been in on Gardner Minshew for a fifth or a sixth-round pick easily as a backup in case something happens. And then if you're not liking the contract discussions with Kirk, yep. now he's in the mix to start next year. So I would I would raise a flag at that one. So Zach Ertz is thirty. Um, when he's been healthy, he has been undoubtedly one of the. I would say he's not Travis Kelsey, but he, like he's he's sort of a half step down from that. Like he's one of the five or six best pass catching tight ends in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, he would be great. You'd have to give up probably a second round pick or more to get Zach Ertz. Yeah. I that's my. That. That's just my guess. Mm, you think so? I. That's I a little bit high it. for yeah. me, but I mean, I, I'm definitely. Intrigued they're not going to get. I don't think they're going to just give him away. Well, I would say I, I would. I would be very much against trading anything above, and I understand that they would want more. But I'm not giving up anything higher than a fifth round pick for a tight end. 
Um, I know Herb Smith is having a great camp, and he was supposed to be an integral part of the offense, but I, I just I think that's a waste of resources to be giving up fourth, third, or second round pick for a 30-year-old tight end who's on the back end of his career. And, and we also don't know the extent of the Herb Smith injury and which plan he wants to take. I can't, I could not, I'd rather see that resource go to something more useful on this team. I mean, how all in are you for this season is the question, right? Yeah. Like if you're all, all, all in for this season, you trade for Zach Ertz. The head coach has 100%. to be. 100%. But I mean, you have to be, you guys. Like there's no, I, I don't think there's any, there's any, oh man, now the Irv Smith thing, one too many things, let's just sort of forfeit and punt. No, I, I think you've got to be in. I Would you trade a second round pick for him? No chance. They're I not. Would, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to speak for their front office, pick. but like all the all the the steam that's come out the last six months on Zach Ertz has been he wants to be traded, but they're not going to trade him unless the price is right. How about a fourth round pick? Oh, for sure, I would trade a fourth round pick. No, for but Zach I'm Ertz. saying that's what I think. I, I but, think. But I, are they going to trade I him? I think for I a do a fourth pick? round pick. Well, Maybe. I mean, if this team look right now, Conklin's hurt too. Dylan and Davidson are your tight ends. That's not negotiable. Like that's not that that don't work. Put some respect on Division Two football, okay? No, <laughs> I'm gonna put the, 19 touchdowns. The man's right? a punter. The man's a punter, and and oh look, he's big. He's he great. He can do two things. I have no interest in this team. Does, I don't think that they have the the flexibility to be like, well, hey, Ziggy, Mark, yes, it's it's just too much. Like you know, Kirk Cousins is in an incredibly important year. Um, Thielen is aging, so he's not not a kid. Justin Jefferson should be coming into you know his prime here within the next couple of years. Um, tight end in, in this offense, if you take so, let's just say that you sort of like piecemeal tight end, okay? So you get a guy off the wire and you start opening day against the Bengals, you guys. Let's say you try that move. Clint Kubiak, I think, already is going to struggle. One major focus of this offense is tight end play. So, like, if Clint Kubiak now, it's like, hey, Clint, I got some bad news for you. Your tight end's not going to be that good. And, by the way, your tight end was going to be an enormous part of the passing game. What's he going to do? I feel like – I kind of feel like the universe is screaming at the Vikings. Hey, like, it's not going to be a disaster necessarily this year, but, like, this just isn't adding up to be – your Super Bowl year. Like the universe is saying the left tackle you drafted is going to need some time to get over the core muscle surgeries he's had. Um, Irv Smith, the prudent thing to do would be to have the season-ending surgery to preserve the rest of his career. Anthony Barr is sort of just mysteriously hurt, and uh, Ole Udo is an experimental right guard. Like there's just a lot of things that point to the universe is screaming, all right, this is – Greg, Greg Joseph is your kicker, you know? Yeah, and he can't make kicks beyond 49 yards. Right. Yeah. So, again, it's like football and the football gods are like, hey, just uh, eh. just, just maybe maybe focus on like a t- t- 2022 through but 2024 you, window. But, I don't but, think but, you but Zimmer might not be around for that's that. That's what I was going to say. Rick I don't Spielman think you, might not be around for that. I think Rick Spielman's safe. but I don't think you can afford to pay attention, unfortunately, to what the football gods are trying to tell you. Like I don't think that option exists. Rick's just sitting back there. He's like, I'm going to blame. I'm blaming everybody. Oh, yeah. I, I, there's Injury. zero chance I can find. Zim, I'm, Clint I'm blaming. Kubiak. I'm blaming Sugarman. I'm blaming Zimmer. Who wanted Clint Kubiak? That was Zimmer. 
Um, yeah, this so this is I, not my team. I don't know what just happened. But I mean, this is a this is a huge loss to me. Irv okay, Smith he, is a big loss. Here's another one. All right. So the Vikings had two years ago. The Vikings had 15 draft picks. I think that was the most in franchise history. Maybe tied for the most in NFL history. It was. In the, it was at least in the, the seven-round draft era. era. Yes, yeah. the seven-round draft was most. So they drafted 15 players last year. They drafted a bunch of players this year. They always draft a bunch of players. They rarely are like only drafting four players, right? They like to have draft picks. Sure. So why do they have depth issues? Because they're not drafting that well. I know that it's a rhetorical question. Because they're I not ba- drafting I baited that you well. with that, but like... Because they're not... Be, be, because we you drafted didn't... 15 players? You drafted like 25 players the last two years. Look, you have depth issues? Yes. One of the top three stories of training camp, and especially the preseason games, it's not your starters. It's your depth. Game one, they played no starters. They looked awful. Yeah. Um, the depth now, now I actually am going to say this. I, I, again, I think Mond preseason wise, especially in the games did pretty much what you would expect. So I'm not here to hate on Kellen Mond, but as far as your overall depth, yeah, you got problems. Yeah. You 100% do. And they don't have, you know, the problem is it'd be one thing. So if you, so they've lost Irv Smith and Conklin and we don't know for how long on either. At tight end. Okay, that's two tight ends down. That's a lot to be down. So, like, you can't say, well, Davidson should be a starter now, too. That's not fair to them. But, you guys, look at linebacker. Where's the depth there? Like, the quality depth. I'm Okay, so here's the thing. If you're going to draft, like, 25 players over the course of two years, mm-hmm. you either need to be better at developing those players so that they can just step right in. I mean that's the that's the Green Bay Packers way for decades, right? We're not going we're never going to make a splash in free agency, but we're always going to have guys that can just rotate in and be serviceable or better players. Yep. So, it it seems to me that they've had a really hard time developing offensive line and I would say cornerback, like the fact that they had to go sign Breland and Patrick Peterson. They've been drafting cornerbacks mm-hmm. for years. Yep. For years, and I know they brought Mackenzie Alexander back, so technically, I guess you know they they sort of developed him, and then he went away for a year, a year or two, whatever it was. But like, if you're not great at developing players to fill in and 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 just plug in the depth chart, then you should be using that draft capital to either move up to just get better players that are more likely to succeed without great development, or use those those trade those draft chips as trade chips to get established players. That can be great because they're in their prime, you know. Like, and so back to the Zach Ertz question. I mean, what's the point in preserving a second round pick that you clearly can't develop? Somebody I mean, said, not that they don't. I mean, they develop Brian O'Neill. I'm, I don't want to go over the top with this take, but the same thing. Like, trade him a first round pick. Who cares? Your first round <laughs> picks aren't great anyway. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, look at so so part of what you're talking about, which w- would be a extended experiment to do, but could be done. Two years ago now, 15 draft picks. Look at how they got there. They were Rick loves to trade back, right? Okay, I got a second-round pick, but I'll give you this second-round pick. You give me a later second-round pick and a third. Look at how many times in that draft they traded back. And, and then I think the question is, and I have not done this, but look at who they passed on yes. because they traded back. And, that's, so, and, and trading back allows you to throw your hands up a little bit and say, well, I mean, we won from a value standpoint. We won the draft. We traded back. And it, and it prevents you from putting your neck out and taking a risk on a guy. 
the Vikings kicked the tires on trading up into the top 10 because they like Justin Fields. But if they trade up, if they give up the actual capital it would take to get Justin Fields, guess whose job is on a timer now, right? Now that's your guy, and you've got two or three years for him to come to fruition as a franchise quarterback. But if you trade back and back again, and you and okay, oh, Darisaw fell to us. Oh, and look, okay, Mond kind of fell to us in the third round. You didn't, we didn't stick our necks out. We like Mond. We didn't stick our necks out for Mond. They would have stuck their necks out for Fields. Mond is oh, Mond is oh, look, Mond fell to us in the early third round. It's great. Like we don't know. We 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 like him. We can they don't keep him. We can kind of keep him at an arm's length. Yep. And that's how you keep your job for fifteen years. And on Fields, they don't have when it comes to quarterbacks. One thousand percent, I can tell you this. They don't have the internal confidence to draft them um, via taking chances because I think Ponder, which was Spielman's pick, scared him beyond belief. And Bridgewater was Norv Turner's go-ahead pick. He's the guy who convinced him, I'll go work because Teddy had the bad pro day, didn't wear the gloves, right? Didn't wear the gloves. And so Norv said, I'm going to Miami. I'm going to Miami, and I'm going to watch him and put him through. And he's the one that came back and said, draft him. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody in that building right now with the cojones, the quarterback confidence to be like, we need to get field and we need to pay the price. Because everything I heard was they made a lot of phone calls to trade up and didn't offer anybody really squat that any team was going to say, you got a deal. That's me in fantasy baseball. I'm in one fantasy baseball league now, and I'm just like, I'll make 50 offers a year. Like, all right, uh, I'll give you, uh, I'll, I'll give you a Brent Rooker and uh, a future uh, keeper spot for Mike Trout. Like, that's that's the Vikings trying to trade up into the top ten. Yes. Oh well, yeah. uh, we got a couple seventh round picks and uh, maybe a future fifth conditional, conditional. Yep, and I'll send you a, a box of steaks. <laughs> uh, Chase D says the middle guy talks way too much. I'm gonna shut up so Declan can talk now. Um, Go ahead. I, well, going back to the whole issue of depth or trading up or trading back and all this noise. And by the way, if you're my door, like I think there's four different people moving out of my apartment building today. So doors are just slamming. <laughs> and, I, and I have this issue. I heard it's because of you. My, uh, not yet. Not confirmed. Sources can't confirm. Um, my building is like a dormitory where when you close a door, every door shakes. Like it just, oh, it, 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 it's one of those situations. So if I have mm. a dog or someone over here for the first time, they get freaked out that someone's breaking in. It's just the aerodynamics of my home. I haven't heard a thing. So. Um, anyway, so to 2017's point. So remember in 2017, obviously, all right, it's not just Sam Bradford goes down and Case Keenum has to step in. Uh-huh. Um, then you have guys like Jarek McKinnon, Latavius Murray, Jarius Wright. Other guys were able to Koi step who? up. And, and back over to Anthony oh. Harris. Harris picks off the ball. Um, you, have, you had a bunch of guys that were able to step up, and that all worked out. But also, as much as depth is like a, a great thing to have, it's hard to evaluate. There's 53 guys on this team. So sometimes you just do have to be aggressive. Remember when the Falcons traded up for Julio Jones? And my God, I forget like what the exact haul was, but they gave up a ridiculous amount to move up to grab Julio Jones in what was that, the 2012-2013 NFL draft. It honestly worked out for them. They were yeah. a playoff team. They were on the doorstep of winning a Super Bowl. Obviously, had the epic collapse. But you have to weigh out those options. And having, just, having the assumption that, oh, we'll always have depth, we'll always have depth, well, until you see those depth players perform, and in 2017, everyone literally hit in the depth chapter, it's hard to just assume that when you draft 15 guys in 2019 that 10 of those guys are going to help out. You don't know.
You just but why aren't know. they better at? Why aren't they Actually, Paz, more? I could use that right now. To be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, Paz. Uh, Paz oh. comments. I'd let Declan take my wife to dinner. Is that because Declan is so non-threat? Careful, careful. Yeah. Assuming Declan's non-threatening. Declan's Declan's a Don Juan man. I would be careful. That's like a, a hot, really she might fall in love. That's it's a cryptic on, note. It's been That's a hot a boy really summer. You don't, you don't know. Yeah, you don't I was going to say that that could lead that. to problems. I mean, Pat, you know, Paz might be out on the wife too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, yeah. he might, Paz, he are might... you selling low? Is this a Zach? Are you trying to trade Zach Ertz? Or are you trying to trade? Yeah, are you trying to trade? Off. You know, Dakota Dozier here. What yeah. what, what kind of value? He's are we like, talking? I'll sign Teddy now. He's been hurt a lot. He's cheaper. He can start for a while. My wife. But why haven't they been? I think the frustrating and confusing thing is. For all the Vikings talk about all of the work they put in on draft picks, right? I mean, we do a ton of work and blah, blah, blah. And we got, and to Phil's point, he's right. They've got a ton of picks. Why did we just see three preseason games where I thought the majority of the depth guys were terrible? Dude, not like I know, sort of, back, not like sort of, no, I know, but I, but, but like, let's get off of um, like fields and, and potential star players. I'm talking about, I don't think you have a linebacker at bars out who I trust being in the base defense. Kendricks, I trust for sure. He's really good. Great draft pick. Uh, Vigil's the guy they just signed from, I think it was the Chargers. And, you know, he'll start. That's fine. But there's nobody else who I'm like, you know, die for sure. Like, die is really I, – I don't know that. And I so also, just a little surprised. I also love that we went from, all right, Harrison Smith contract extension and Irv Smith might be out for the year. And now we just did like a 10-minute deep dive into the Vikings' well, philosophy in the draft. Well, And actually oh, – What winding road we just took. I think the most important part of the Smith discussion is what is the plan, and it might be close, with O'Neal. Brian O'Neal is massively important. They're going to get an extension done with him, I would assume, in the I next assume, week, right? I, I would hope so. But, I mean, that's the one. I, I thought if you – in fact, I think we talked about this last, last week, Phil. Um, when we were talking about the Smith potential contract and the fact that his camp was trying to get a Jamal Adams type of deal, I think I said at the time my – Choice A is get O'Neal done, and then if you get Smith done, that's awesome. That's fine. Uh, but but you like you've got one guy as far as I'm concerned now on that line. Who, by the way, you drafted second round. Congratulations, yes. their pick developed. Yes. But Brian O'Neal is an I mean, in, in a good way, an anchor on that line, like massively important. Um, and right tackles now are getting big contracts, but I don't want that kid to get anywhere near the market. Because he's not, you know, he he could easily be like, hey, I'm going to play this thing out and let's see, and right. he'll get paid. So I I want to see the Vikings very in very quick fashion here do everything they possibly can to lock him up because I he's am, that important. I, I am curious because so so they're gonna I think they're gonna get him locked up. If they got two weeks before the first week of the yeah, season. I I, I would be shocked if they yep. didn't. Plus the parameters are all there. I mean like. There's been guys, Braden Smith, uh, Ramchek, like there's there's guards that are getting right guard, or I'm sorry, uh, right tackles that are getting contracts right now that sort of frame up what he should make. So yes. they'll get him locked in. Uh, I am curious about the Vikings 2022 cap situation right now. So I just pulled up spotrack.com. Um, so right now, it looks like the Vikings have... $201 million tied up, $202 million tied up in active contracts for 2022. And the cap is expected to be, it's tough to say, what is it this year? A hundred, they, they, it's like 190 or something. It went down, yeah. 
Um, it didn't go down as much. So, so this is just an estimation. We don't know what the cap's going to be, but it's estimated to go back over $200 million. But that's where the Vikings are sitting right now, before a Brian O'Neill extension. So right. there's there's a lot of work to do again to get below the salary cap, like because Daniil Hunter is at is a twenty six million dollar cap hit. Kirk, by the way, is a forty five million dollar cap hit hey, for next you, year. Hey Phil, can dude, you look that's at that one? so ridiculous? What what is the deal? I think if you I think if you release Kirk, it's a major hit, correct? But I think if you trade if you can trade him, um, maybe post June first designation, it's not as bad. I believe we talked about this. Uh, I, I got to do some digging on this. I believe I his, so. His cap, his so his cap hit mm-hmm. is forty five million dollars. Um, um, but his, I think there, I think you would get ten million dollars in. I'm sorry, I think you would get thirty five million dollars in relief. Yep. If you were to cut him, but on over the cap, it says in 2021 that on March 20th. Of this last of this year, so four or five months ago, that is twenty twenty two base salaries becomes fully guaranteed, and his base salary for twenty twenty two is thirty five. Yes, mm-hmm. with a ten million dollars signing bonus. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can't. There's nowhere to spread. So signing bonuses, Judd, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but you can spread signing bonuses out through the length of the contract, right? Correct. So like, so let like with Pat Mahomes, I don't have the contract in front of me. They signed him to like a 10-year contract or whatever with a big signing bonus. And then you can take that big signing bonus and spread it out throughout. And then you can convert certain things to okay. signing bonuses and get more flexibility. When you only have one year left on a guy's deal, there's no flexibility. Yeah. So they either have to extend him and smooth it out to create more cap space so they can sign free agents. Here's the um, Or they have to... Just say goodbye. To I him found in it some here. Form. So if so, they so basically you can't cut him because if you cut him, you're going to accelerate and absorb the entire cap hit. But if you trade him pre June first, there's only ten million dollars in dead money on your cap. So you'd save thirty five, and yeah. so you say yeah. So the key. So so the real question is, um, are, are the Broncos going to get Rogers? <laughs> and if they don't, can you call George Payton and be like George? I, I'm going to do you a solid. But here. here's the thing. So this is – everyone thinks like, oh, you hate Kirk Cousins. Uh, no. Okay. I got to free up room. If Kirk – and I get that like Kirk's agenda and his agent is to make as much money as possible while he can still work in professional football, right? Like that's his yeah. goal. And yes. so whatever, like go do your thing. But if Kirk were to somehow have some sort of epiphany and say, all right, instead of taking up 22% of the salary cap with my $45 million cap hit, I just want to win a Super Bowl. So, guys, I want I want to sign an extension. I want and I and I will be reasonable. Okay, like I know that I'm not the best quarterback in the NFL. Like I'm being paid second second highest cap hit. So I will instead of instead of a forty five million dollar cap hit, I will take twenty to twenty five million dollars a year. Which, by the way, will not happen. I'm just saying. Like, there's two. There's there's there's. There's too many teams that would pay thirty, thirty-five million dollars for a quarterback of Kirk Cousins' caliber. Well, but there's there's market value, yep. and then there's sort of roster and salary cap value, and what can and can't you do once a quarterback is making that much money? If he were to somehow say, "Hey, I'm I'll take less money," I am a Kirk Cousins fan now. Kirk Cousins for twenty million, and I can and I can sign Joe Tooney in free agency. But they tried that already, and he already said no after he said yes. Last year, but he also came back with, I want it all for the second consecutive time. 
guaranteed. I also think that there is a conversation to be had that if this team is not successful or as successful as we all thought that they might be in 2021, if Zimmer comes back in 2022, I don't think you can keep replaying this relationship. I just don't. I, I think it's, I agree the, with I, I, this has gotten bad. Like this, it's clearly bad. I, I was told, and, and I did not see this, but somebody, I don't think TV showed this, but I guess there's a, uh, a clip from Friday night floating around that after Kirk like got that? sacked, like that? which by the way, was at least partially on Kirk. He didn't, he didn't move. He didn't shift the line. And, and he expected poor uh, Amir Abdullah, hey, block this linebacker who's twice your size. I guess there, there was a clip floating around of a silent exchange where Mike was getting into Kirk about it, and then Kirk went Ooh. over to his offensive line and got into them about it. Hmm. Um, Some of this so, is just like things that naturally happen throughout the course right. of a but football I'm just game. Saying, I'm actually I'm, like, this is good news. You're saying Mike Zimmer spoke with Kirk Cousins during a football yeah. game? I feel like this might be a breakthrough. I'm just this, telling I you. think their relationship might be getting to a new level. But this is all is why I really do think that this year is so important. Because if it doesn't work again, at some point in time, you're just going to have to say something has to change here. Yeah. So, and yeah, I I think it's, man, the first month of this season is going to tell you a lot. Because there's some games, like, they need to get that Bengals game in week one. There are some games on this schedule that are just going to be tough, like, if they don't get that Bengals game in week one, I think a lot of people are going to start sounding a panic alarm here. And they're not going to have a full allotment. They might not have Barr. They're not going to have Derisaw. I feel like they need to be 2-1 and one after the home opener against Seattle. Yeah. I yeah, feel like they... That Seattle game's not a... They, they that's not a game. Because I, I feel like you could... I feel like you should beat the Bengals, the Cardinals, perhaps. Seattle, not a gimme, but I think you need to win two of those three just to get off on the right foot but i'm going to continue to say this and and i feel like the pick the talk about this has picked up rightfully so the clint kubiak factor really concerns me there's no mentor like he'll call his dad that's awesome but his dad's not here stefanski had gary that was a big deal and, and if i recall correctly God, stefanski is a great coach man stefanski worked from God, the field though coach. and gary worked upstairs and i think gary helped him a ton um, you know, Clint tried to work from downstairs for the Colts game and, and guys were like, Hey, throw me the ball or something. And so mm-hmm. they're like, okay, Clint go upstairs. And this is where, so, so among the non-vaxxed stories, I also think this is where no matter what you think, as far as old school coaches go, the Rick Dennison factor was important. Cause I think no matter what, you know, we, we can say, well, Rick's an old school guy and loved to run like Zim does. Okay. But he still brought a knowledge of how things work on game day that could have helped probably calm things down. Yeah. And he can't be there now. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, I mean, what a day for. So, Harrison Smith, great team leader, locked in for the next five seasons. But of course, it has to come with Irv Smith potentially being out for the damn season. So, um, shout out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. I don't know if they're going to be able to help provide risk management resources for the purple at this point, but there's a full list of industries that they will protect over at federatedinsurance.com. You can check them out and see uh, how they can help your business and help you sleep better at night if you're a business owner. Federatedinsurance.com, and remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. So... All right, boys, uh, before we also, as you're watching this on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, if you could click the subscribe button and the bell notification, 
That would help our channel because we would gain subscribers, but we will in turn give you daily Vikings entertainment. And uh, we're, we're just sort of tallying up some of the August numbers. We're going to set some Purple Daily and Score North download records in August, and the season hasn't started yet. So we are super excited for the next few months here, and hopefully Thank the you. Vikings can at least overcome some of these obstacles and, uh, and make and, it interesting. And no depth issues here in a couple of weeks, too, once the season starts as well on the Purple Daily podcast and YouTube feed, right? No, we've no got some issues. We need, we need to finalize a couple things, but sure. we are excited to— Who's our Jake Browning? Expand. We don't have a Jake. We don't Browning. have a Jake Browning. So he's not. He's not getting cut in a week or two days. Well, maybe we do, and I don't know anything about that. But we Judd is our Harrison that. Smith. We yeah. know that for sure. <laughs> Look at him, <laughs> just peering over the top yeah. of the surly period. This is where it's at, folks. This is where it's at for your purple I've, pain. I, I, I feel like oh, some Irv man. Smith vibes. I was about to have a poised have a breakout year, and I just tore my meniscus, and now do I? I'm weighing out my long term <laughs> options. That's yeah. and meanwhile, your your building is clearing out of people that can't stand you. <laughs> All right, uh, let, that's a wrap. We'll be back tomorrow with a regularly scheduled edition of Purple Daily. But this is Purple After Dark here. Mackie Judd, executive producer, Declan, presented by Surly Brewing. We'll see you guys later.